Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to Queer Air. I'm Kate, and my co-host is Carol. We're going to explore a feminist lesbian broadcast from the 1970s that aired on Crab FM here in Seattle. It's recently been digitized through a grant at the University of Washington Library's Special Collections. We're excited for you to join us as we move through the content of our queer elders. You'll be hearing from us, some people who are familiar with the content, and possibly some contemporary scholars. But you'll also be hearing from the original broadcast. We'll analyze our commentary to see what has changed, if anything. So get ready to breathe some queer air. So I I've been thinking about how I would how I would frame all this. And a lot of it has to do with political activism mm-hmm. and a, a long pattern of that from a young age. And it I kept doing things mm-hmm. along the way. Um, but starting in high school and well, and then I, and then I had a baby when I was nineteen, mm-hmm. and so that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one way to put it. I imagine. <laughs> um, and then, and also figured out I was a lesbian right about the same time, right, mm-hmm. while I was pregnant, actually. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and uh, luckily I didn't know who the father was. So that, you know, so it was never an issue. Mm. I could go on about my life. Everything was good. I never had to worry about anybody taking my kid. Mm -hmm. So that gave me freedom Mm -hmm. that other people didn't have at the time because most mothers... Mm -hmm of the lesbian persuasion had children left over from marriages mm-hmm. rather than I mean there were very few deliberate lesbian mothers in those days Lois was one mm-hmm. um, and Robin so any, anyway Where'd I go? I get drifty too. That's so, okay. you know. <laughs> oh, in fact, so, okay. I'm going to show you a picture of me. Oh, oh, well, this, this is from last year when I was in a um, burlesque lesbian fashion show. Wow. <laughs> Oh, how fun! Wow, with, with a bedecked walker and everything, <laughs> and and silver hot pants, silver sequined hot pants, and a lot of feather boas. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. So, uh, you said you have a daughter. Yes, I do. So, did having your daughter make you realize that other lesbians were having issues with? Um, motherhood in the ways that you didn't have yes well when it came up 
Lois got a letter from people in Ohio. <laughs> Sorry, I love the description of people in Ohio. <laughs> people in Ohio. Who were having a custody, who, you know, two, two mothers fell in love, hmm. left their husbands. Scandal. Scandal. <laughs> and were um, having the kids taken away. Hmm. And so, uh, for some reason, this is embedded in my mind. One of us looked at the other and said, well, what we need is a, a Lesbian Mothers National Defense Fund. And there it is. Bingo. And so we did it. Just from that, got a 501c3 and, you know, did the whole, yeah, did the whole thing and did it for years. Like, okay, we're doing that now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at some point it stopped being such a big thing. People were winning. Mm. People were coming out. You know, mm-hmm. they'd, they'd heard of, what's her name? Rosie O'Donnell, mm-hmm. is that? Yeah, yes. yeah. So yeah. there were lesbian mothers in the universe. Mm. Mm-hmm. More representation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway. So how and long I, did you run it? Oh, I didn't run it. Oh. oh, no. Oh, no. My bad. <laughs> no meetings, right? <laughs> One would not say that. <laughs> Even though I shared a bedroom with the organization, <laughs> literally, for years. <laughs> but... No, it was it was a group effort, and I am still to this day thrilled when people talk about having been part of it mm-hmm. and all that. I have the vaguest memory of them being part of it, but don't play that. Part. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> but no, but no, one did not take yeah. leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Leadership was frowned upon in all possible ways. The whole political situation in the lesbian community was, as I'm sure you've already heard, fraught. I think we'd love to hear more. I mean, because we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about schisms. And like the, what the, like the, I mean, we use the term queer, so we want to talk a little bit about the differences in vocabulary, but also it feels like the community is so much different then than it is now. Yes. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about what that looked like and felt like and how the relationships were. Well, okay. Because I think we've had a lot of people like hint at it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I could be pretty explicit. We welcome that. We don't censor. <laughs> Unless you want us to. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. If, <laughs> if, if anybody's still alive, you know, well, anyway. Um, well, among... There were, of course, various stre- uh, segments mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the community. And there were explicitly political Mm -hmm. there were sports people Mm -hmm. there were drinking people Mm -hmm. there were um 
oh, I can remember seeing older women in the bars, and they were just so sad because they, you know, they weren't, they would wear, people wore bags on their head in the pride parade in Mm. the first couple of years if they were like a teacher or something. Yeah. Mm. Literally. Yeah. Oh, I was one of the organizers of the first pride parade in Seattle. Anyway. Yes. Look at your rap sheet, man. (laughs) You're just like, anyway. You're just like, not a big deal. Here's a big thing, anyway. (laughs) Anyway. That's part, but those papers are, are at the library. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so we started the defense fund. Okay, oh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go back to the schisms and everything. So there were all these various segments who, there was some overlap, but pretty much people stayed in their lanes. There were, um, there were bars, of course. Mm-hmm. Which was very different than now. There's no place to go, right? I mean, if you want to hang out with anybody, people don't do that anymore. There's no, I mean, there's still the wild rose. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's a different, it's it's a completely different thing. And it used to, and there used to be, like, there'd be, there were, I can remember, like, four women's bars. And then there were men's bars, very few mixed. Mm-hmm. In those days, very little mixing. It wasn't until AIDS, mm-hmm. when we started taking care of them, mm-hmm. that we all started mixing. Anyway, so the political ones, I was not sporty or anything. I was in the political one. So there were various factions. I would say that in most ways, the split was between the leftists and the separatists. Mm -hmm. And the leftists were pretty lefty, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the separatists were pretty separatist-y. I was neither. Mm. I never picked aside I had people in both camps and there was a, and everybody slept together too so <laughs> you know yeah in in across bound you know political boundaries <laughs> which always made it worse of course <laughs> so you're in this little petri dish of mm-hmm. intensity and Everybody's just wild, <laughs> having a good time, fighting about the smallest things. Oh, there was a whole controversy about male children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, of course, became completely went away as soon as the lesbians started having babies by artificial insemination and they were way more boys than girls which is just a riot (laughs) so you never heard that anymore yeah so there was a lot of like on the leftist side there was a lot of criticism -criticism. Mm self-criticism 
and I mean, it was really pretty Maoist mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And and then the separatists was like, oh, come on, get over it. Yeah, I, anyway, just wasn't wasn't my my thing particularly. I mean, I didn't hang out with men, but I didn't think that their presence was that important. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. such an interesting way to phrase that because they do spend a lot of time, especially on the original mm-hmm. broadcast, like spending a lot of time talking about men. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and I, I do was... wonder if they're worth talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> Hot take. That's, Logan, don't listen. That's, no, that is exactly how I felt at the time. And yeah, yeah, just we'd spent some time discussing kind of because Kate has, you know, brothers and I'm married to a man and how that kind of complicates, not complicates, but informs our perspective and mm-hmm. how in terms of like a 2020 lens that very like anti-male is very kind of like um, transphobic or um, turfy kind of sounding. So I, I don't know. I was like a little surprised, but like not also not surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Also, when you were like everyone slept together, I don't know. Oh God! I mean, that's to be expected. But I could I I could draw you maps. <laughs> it I, sounds like deployment, but I mean, it's interesting because I never would have thought, based on listening to them, that yeah. they would ever be willing to cross factions yeah. to sleep with someone. But I guess, you know... And you know, when you think about it... Like, it makes sense. Uh-huh. Because they're... Especially... And then people would evolve. Right. Politically. Yeah. And, and yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Messy. In fact, I can remember... <laughs> okay, this is terrible. So, one of my... Uh, I've had two long-term-ish relationships. <laughs> one six years, one ten... And I'm done with all that. Been done with that for a long time. Very done. <laughs> so, but I'm, st- of course, still a lesbian. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm just not practicing. <laughs> no, because you're a pro, right? <laughs> That's right. I don't need to practice. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, yeah, so I never cared, and and the gay men were completely separate. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, they had their, they, because of course, which you don't see from the world now, but in those days particularly, it was like the gay men exhibited the worst parts of maleness. Mm. And lesbians, in many ways, the worst parts of femaleness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more intense. Mm-hmm. It's more concentrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like the you know the screwing around that the men did. Well, not that I didn't, but they did it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and we just never intersected at all. So, 
So, yes, I've always identified as lesbian or dyke. And I'm fine with whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you identify any way politically right now? Well, I'm definitely a yellow dog Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Assumptions are made. Yeah. You, you know that, you, and you know the derivation of that. I'd vote for an old yellow dog before I'd vote for a Republican. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not particularly lefty. I, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm kind of trying to hide from the whole thing. Like the, like the whole presidential thing. I'm just, you know, just tell me what to do when it's over. You know, yeah. I'm not putting my heart in anything. Hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's capital P political. Small P political. Well, yeah. You know, I'm Seattle. I'm as blue as they get. Hmm. Which I still find really interesting having grown up in the time when red Mm -hmm. was the good guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And being a red diaper baby was a good, you know, that was Mm -hmm. a good thing. That's interesting. That's before they, it happened on television Mm -hmm. during some election. Mm Mm-hmm. They decided they were going to show them with the two colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and it all like became... Thing. It became <laughs> confusing. Right. Right. And so, yeah. I just think it's odd. Okay. The other thing I think is odd is too bad that we weren't, you know, thinking from a PR standpoint mm-hmm. or anything when we started the defense fund because... L-M-N-D-F. How cool would it have been to be L-M-N-O-P? <laughs> <laughs> you know? That and, just, like, roll off. Right. You know, it, it would have it, it been so snappy, and we never thought of it. Man, the things you think about later in retrospect. That's right. <laughs> I could change one thing. I, I think, like, L-M-N-D-F sounds so... I know defense as in like legal defense, but I always think of it as like militaristic defense. So I'm thinking of like <laughs> missiles. Right. You're about to go to war. Yeah, that's right. so that's right. aggressive and I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did have to learn how to spell defense. <laughs> you just wrote it so many times. <laughs> so did you ever um, identify strongly with the like socialist aspect of the original broadcasts? It talks a lot about socialism and no, no, no. I'm, I'd say I'm a, a light capitalist. Mm. Hey everyone, we hope you are enjoying this episode of Queer Air. We are about to play a short clip 
of an interview with Geraldine Cole where she talks about the Lesbian Mothers National Defense Fund in 1974. And then we will return to our present day interview. Enjoy! We're talking with Geraldine from Lesbian Mothers National Defense Fund. Could you tell us what the National Defense Fund does? Well, we raise money to send to women's lawyers. We raise money to send to their expert witnesses. We talk to them on the phone. We write them letters. We raise money. We spend money. We put out a bi-monthly newsletter, Mom's Apple Pie. And anything people want, really. And basically, you're working to help lesbians gain custody of their children? Not specifically. We're specifically there to help them do whatever it is they want to do, whether it's get custody, keep custody, get visitation, keep visitation, or give them up. Whatever it is they want, we help them. Mm-hmm. Is your group oriented then uh, more toward projects than to developing a feminist analysis? Yeah, I would definitely say so. We're a real bread-and-butter um work-oriented, project-oriented group. We don't sit around and discuss theory because we're too busy sitting around discussing what precedents are not being set and Mm -hmm. who needs money and where are we going to get it, that kind of thing. When was uh, LMNDF started? Uh, It was first started in June of 74, so we're a little over two years old now. And it was lesbian mothers at that time coming together to mm-hmm. work as a group? Also um, non-mother lesbians, too. It's been two years. We've had quite a few people in and out, but there's been a steady core group of usually about six. Some mothers, some not. Um, Are there other defense funds set up in the country with which you're associated? Well, there are lots of other defense funds set up that are for specific cases, like, you know, the Mary Jo Richard Defense Fund or um, Carol Paulson Defense Fund. There are lots of them set up around the country. We're the, um, we're the only national one. There's one starting up now that's going to be an East Coast Lesbian Mothers Defense Fund. Um, and there are there are new groups starting up, like there's one in New York called Dykes and Tykes, which is, they do a whole bunch of different things. It's more social and community oriented rather than legal oriented, I think, though. Mm-hmm. So you've participated in cases around the country? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you find it's mostly the East Coast and the West Coast, or? No, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. We've had cases in... South Carolina, Texas, Ohio, Indiana, Iowa, everywhere. Um, It's not a problem that's localized in any way. It's very national and can hit anyone at any time. Mm -hmm. The people that live on the coasts have a much better chance in a lot of ways because they have access to support. When you live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, there's not a whole lot of community that you can mm-hmm. uh, feed into and get help from. There's, you know, where do you find 
a lesbian feminist attorney? Where do you find a woman attorney? Where do you find any any attorney who's not right right of Louis the Sixteenth? Mm -hmm. It's a real problem. So LMNDF especially helps women in that situation. Well, we try. A lot of times there's nothing we can do. A lot of times we have to say, leave wherever you are. Just you you haven't you haven't got a chance. And sometimes that's what they do. Sometimes they they give up. We try and be real realistic with people about what their chances are and not say, not have an attitude of that this is a big crusade or anything like that because it's not we're there to um, not to get out of them but to help them with whatever we can. Mm -hmm. What's the structure of LMNDF? How do you decide which projects you'll go with where the money that you have will be spent? Up till now we have almost always given when asked. We don't we don't set priorities as far as if we know that a case is going to lose, we don't not give it money, things like that. Um, we, we give who asks, and we don't ask for any proof of indigency or anything like that. Mm -hmm. We figure if people ask, then they need it, and, and we do what we can. In terms of the lesbians in LMNDF, is there ever a situation where one would disagree with sending money to a particular It uh, hasn't case happened in two years. Do many of the women in LMNDF belong to other lesbian organizations? Yeah, most do. We're, all of us are involved pretty heavily in the lesbian community in Seattle, so we, we naturally have lots of other ties mm -hmm. politically and in other ways. And how do you get the money that you're able to send? We have benefits. We, um, we get donations. We have memberships, like people send in $5 and that makes them a member and they get mom's apple pie. Mm -hmm. um, people, we're, we're tax exempt, so this has not happened very often, but a few times people with money will, you know, give us $100 mm -hmm. here and there, things like that, and it is tax deductible. Most of the time, it just trickles in mostly you know, in $5 and $10 and... Mm -hmm. Since you don't have a feminist analysis associated with the defense fund... Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it quite that way. I wouldn't say that we don't have a feminist analysis. I would... We don't have a group analysis. We are all very strongly feminist, however. And what we are doing is feminist, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I was getting at was coalition. Would um, the Defense Fund form coalition for political purposes in town here, or? We have. Um, we were part of the July 4th mm -hmm. thing in that we did um, a skit that we have that we do mm -hmm. in different places, and we did that there. And that's really the only time I can think of that we have worked on a coalition. Oh, we signed the, that was years ago, the Inez Garcia, mm -hmm. th things like that. But mm -hmm. we're not the kind of organization that easily fits into a coalition. Because you're more service-oriented mm -hmm. than 
So in those cases, again, would all the women have to agree that this, for example, July 4th was something that mm -hmm. all the women wanted to mm -hmm. do? We're basically consensual. If any one of us objects strongly to something, then, then we won't do it. Do the um, women also give a part of their own wage to help finance the no. fund? No, we give time, and, and mm -hmm. you know, we're nickel and dime to death, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, yeah. if, if I counted up how many dollars in postage I've put out, mm -hmm. you know, just over it. But we don't, we don't have a, a tithing or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay, how do you get new members? Well, we hustle. <laughs> it's not a criterion that one is a lesbian mother. No, no. Um, some of our most active members are not mothers. Mm -hmm. They actually have more time and energy in a lot of cases than the mothers do. Mm -hmm. So they're real valuable to have around. Um, new members just come any way we can get them. Is it often really? the case that, that women you've worked with in, in getting visitation or not getting visitation and all those things become members uh, after? Well, um, that's happened. That has happened. Um, we're so small that you really can't talk about trends much. Mm -hmm. That has happened. But um, part of it is that um, most of the people that we work for with, whatever, um, don't live here. Mm -hmm. So also we find that women that are in, you know, right in the middle of a big uh, custody battle don't really have the emotional energy or the mm -hmm. time energy or anything else to put into anything other than just sur surviving mm -hmm. and trying to keep their families intact. I mean, you talked about this a little bit when you're saying that you feel like you haven't really changed that bunch that much listening back to the original tapes? Were you like surprised by anything you said or were you like, no, I, I, I'm sure. No, I really wasn't. I, I was, I was surprised that I wasn't surprised. Mm -hmm. What I was surprised about was it didn't sound like me and it's not cause I, you know, I mean, I know people don't, think what they sound like but I'm used to hearing myself on tape and even Celeste didn't didn't think it sounded like my voice hmm. I mean it was definitely my content yeah but it didn't sound like my voice and you know she's heard me all her life yeah right <laughs> so I thought that was very odd I don't know if that's just because it was old and stretchy or yeah I mean it could be the tapes themselves are it could be <laughs> I, I I've seen the condition that yeah, they yeah. were in. Yes, yeah, so that is so interesting. Well, that even and your daughter. you know, we did we did that. We did a project. It's on, it's it's here. It's here. In 2013, um, we started to do something with the tapes, or we started to think about doing something with the tapes. <laughs> And there was a group of maybe four or five of us, um, Lois, Shan, mm -hmm. Chris Beeler, um, 
Julie. Anyway, but Shan was already getting pretty drifty. Mm -hmm. And people just couldn't couldn't focus to actually accomplish anything. So so we had meetings for a while and it didn't have a specific name, but I always called it OTOL occupational therapy for old lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> So mean. <laughs> we accomplished nothing. <laughs> what had you hoped to do with them? Do you? Oh, I, I don't. I cannot even remember. Mm-hmm. I cannot even remember. Lois probably does. She still works. Even she's a crazy person. <laughs> So, how do you feel about them being brought up now? Like, the tapes and, like, how you oh. seem so popular now. And <laughs> everyone wants to talk to you, get a piece of your life, you know. We're going to have to book you in advance. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's just, who knew? Well, I have to, uh, it all started when Lamar asked me to be in that fashion show. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I had never before been an object of art. Hmm. And I kind of liked it. <laughs> so, I, so I've opened myself up to, to that. Now, obviously, I have kept all of this for some reason. I... Not that I'm going to do anything with it mm-hmm. because I don't have the the juice yeah. to do anything much. <laughs> I have about two good hours a day. Um, so I'm really glad that people are interested and that I have the, you know, and here to talk about it. But it's good. I've had... A fantastic life. Hmm. I'm very lucky. Hmm. So, yeah, I, a good um, mix of time and place, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exciting times, and yeah. times when you could really do stuff from scratch. Well, of course, it was all really a lot harder because. There was no technology. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I didn't learn to drive till I was 25. So, when Lesbian Mothers started, I would literally take a shopping bag of documents down on the bus to mm-hmm. sudden printing on Third and Pine and get copies made mm-hmm. and then go home and batch them up and mail them out mm-hmm. another trip you know now yeah. of course you could i love that you can just organize from nothing yeah and we oh god and we produced events all the time to raise money mm-hmm. just ludicrous amount of work mm-hmm. just ludicrous for 
peanuts. And people complained about the price, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's interesting to kind of think about the role that, uh, like, technology and wide use of the internet, how that affects community organizing now. Um, oh, it's so, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. I mean, like the Greta stuff. Yeah. I mean, just. <laughs> it seems like it's also a lot easier. I mean, it's kind of obvious, I guess, but for younger people to become more engaged in. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I don't know. If, of course, we had the war. You, yeah. The I war. Mean, the, the war was a good little <laughs> <laughs> boost. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. the dynamics of that because that's not really something that I think like at least I've ever really seen in my life mm-hmm. I mean like right where everybody yeah right there was yeah I mean you you all have a generation where you have many common things but there are so many different experiences now we all watched one news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, yeah. <laughs> there was Huntley Brinkley, or there was, you yeah. know. How much do you think experiencing the war, like Vietnam, kind of influenced maybe like your generations, like like their probability of becoming involved in like oh hugely political, hugely yeah hugely. And in, in terms of even just like organizing, because it seems like it's so. I mean, I think like the millennial generation. I mean, the the oldest millennials have the tail end of the Cold War. Um, had a little bit of like the Gulf, a little bit of nine eleven, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. Iraq, mm-hmm. but nothing was like this real mm-hmm. like come together. Mm-hmm. Right, disrupting well, our and lives. And we moment. we went through the the Kennedy assassin. And that, I mean, that was just, I mean, that was a huge thing that everyone experienced the same way at the same time in Mm -hmm. real time. Yeah. Which just doesn't happen now. You know, I'll be watching Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Which is interesting to think that we have so much more technology and we still don't experience things like simultaneously at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess the closest thing we had would be 9-11, but mm-hmm. I think it was a, just a different, it seems like it was just a different feel and experience and as opposed mm-hmm. to like the Kennedy assassination mm-hmm. or, okay. One more story. Okay. When Celeste was in high school, um, there was an article in the paper, and she was part of it. We were, you know, our family was part of it, and about being child of gay parents, blah, blah, blah. And when I went to, so what year would that have been? Well, whatever. Anyway, I went to work the next day and not a single person mentioned it. When a week before somebody's dog had been in the paper Mm -hmm. and everybody was talking about it. Mm -hmm. 
kids mm -hmm. and all that, and not one person said a word. Mm -hmm. Even though a few weeks before they had all, they had seen a list of the National Merit Scholars, mm -hmm. and she was on it. Mm -hmm. So they were reading the fine print on the list mm -hmm. and congratulating. Mm -hmm me about it and everything, mm. but I was shocked because I really thought it was better mm. than that, mm -hmm. even then, mm -hmm. you know, mm. so, weird, yeah, mm -hmm. so, no silence, and you like that better? Oh, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Say it loud. Mm -hmm. How much do you think the geographic region has to do with that? Oh, I mean, a lot, right? <laughs> huge. Yes. I mean, we live in a bubble. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lovely bubble, but mm -hmm. it's not the real world. Yeah. I don't want to be in the real world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the real world. I, you know, I have people in the real world. Mm. I never have to run across anybody I disagree with. <laughs> I think we were, the previous episode we recorded last week, week before, was with a good friend of ours. Her name's Abby, and she also identifies as lesbian. And we were talking about how sometimes, even though we're all originally from Central or like Midwest US, we've gotten so used to this Seattle bubble that we like sometimes forget that the reality is different outside of this little mm -hmm. geographic region. It's always interesting to think about. Even yeah. with like gay marriage, I don't even. Mm -hmm. That was only five years ago, I think. And I'm like, oh, wait, it wasn't always like that. <laughs> it's just like, I forgot that that was such a monumental. Right. Yeah. Place. Even if it wasn't someplace... You ever thought? <laughs> never aspired to join, you know, but whatever. Well, in my day, of course, marriage was the the root of the patriarchy and, you know, blah de blah Yeah. I was gonna... talked a lot about patriarchy. Hmm. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for inviting us over and chatting with us and sharing your yeah. life and materials and art and <laughs> it's been so good this beautiful view yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah you are welcome <laughs> thank you to everyone for listening to queer air this will be the final episode hosted by us kate and carol we created Queer Air for our capstone project, but we hope that it continues on after our graduation. We have loved working with Ann Jenner at the Pacific Northwest Curator and the University of Washington Library's Special Collections. Thank you to everyone who helped us along the way, especially those willing to be interviewed on the podcast. Now we can officially say that we've made a podcast and it's been such a great learning experience. Be sure to check out the original recordings and experience the collection for yourself. Keep on, Keep on breathing, breathing that, that queer, queer air. air.